But more and more, we are hearing incredible stories of people getting prophetic, vivid dreams. And, and Kevin and I, to be honest with you, my husband and I, uh, because insomnia is something that comes with Lyme disease, it's just terrible. And I've been going after that thing because for this last relapse, they said, you won't heal unless you start to sleep. So about five years ago, I started to just go after my sleep and just reclaiming it. And I said, not only do I want to start sleeping in a way that my body can heal, I want dreams because you said you grant sleep to those you love. Even at night, my heart instructs me. And God has given us some vivid dreams that we've written down that have been prophetic for us and been a great direction for us in ministry. So it's like, you know, I know people have varying opinions about that, but I'm telling you, if God says it, I'm just going to ask for it and let him do what he does. But I'm just praying for a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's our only hope, I would say, for this nation. This is Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. I'm Chris Johnson. Today, we're privileged to have Susie Larson with us. You may know the name because she's been writing books for a while, and she's also the host of a daily radio program and podcast called Susie Larson Live. She's a national speaker, and she comes to us by phone from cold Minneapolis today. It's a little chilly in Florida today, but nothing like she's got, I'm sure. But what brings her here today is her writing. She has written more than 15 books, and love the names of some of them, Powerful Prayers, Your Sacred Yes, Growing Grateful Kids. Here's the title I really like, In Over Your Head. Uh, Don't we all feel that way sometimes? But our subject today is the new year-long devotional called Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. It's from Bethany House Publishers. So, Susie, thank you for being with us, and welcome to Charisma Connection. Well, what an honor to meet you, Chris, and to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I'm very grateful that you could be with us today. So tell us about the title of this book, Prevail. I mean, just one word, but a very powerful word. You know, I just love how God works because, you know, he knows the end from the beginning. And as you know, when you're writing books, uh, they, you, you're working on them at least a year before they hit the shelves. And this was way before COVID or any sense of what would be taking place in 2020. God gave us that title, Prevail, and it means two things. One, to prove more powerful than your opponent and to be the last one standing. And I just think, wow, if we need a word for for this year, it's right now. And for next year, you know, really to know that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord does raise up a standard against him. And I I, I talk to so many people who've been really battling this year. But if we can remember, we're still standing. You got faith in your heart. You got a love for the Lord. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. I think we need to have a vision for overcoming because Jesus overcame. And so I just love the word. Well, I can tell. And you've spent some time in the scripture here, and we'll talk about some of the different devotionals. But, you know, in your previous book, Fully Alive, you open up and share some of the health issues that you've faced. How does this devotional tie into that, or is it inspired by some of the trials that you faced with your health? Yeah, that's a great question. Absolutely. You know, just a quick synopsis of my story so you have the context of my writing. If you listen to the show that I do or anything that I write, you may notice kind of a fight language, kind of a contending, you know, for the things of God, because that's just how it's had to go for me. You know, I was raised in a large family 
in a denomination where uh, I knew God was real. I didn't know Jesus was accessible. And as a child, I experienced two significant traumas. At nine years old, I experienced a sexual trauma at the hands of some teenage boys in my neighborhood. At 10 years old, I was walking home from school by myself, just as a little four foot thing. And I was jumped by a different group of boys who beat me badly. And I remember, I mean, getting up from that, I mean, they were laughing wildly. They punched me in the face and kicked me in the stomach and pulled fistfuls of hair out. And I remember getting up from that place and so traumatized. And I heard in my ear, I can get to you anytime, anywhere, and God will never stop me. And that's when fear entered my little soul because I knew God was real. And at that point, I knew the enemy was real. And I often say to when I'm speaking at women's conferences, you want to know a little bit about your calling. Look at the first time you noticed you weren't enough. The first time you noticed you had an enemy because he sees your potential long before you ever do. And if you jump ahead, you know, I became a Christian in eighth grade. But as a young wife and mom, um, I was on bed rest for six months with one of our pregnancies. And one day I'd gotten up because the doctor said I could give it a try. I was unknowingly bit by the deer tick that day and contracted Lyme disease. I found out a year later with a lot of neurological problems as a young mom and literally army crawled through that season for years I battled. And I still, to this day, you know, all these years later, that was 30 years ago, I, I have some daily issues that I deal with. Well, about five years ago, I had a pretty significant health relapse and I just could not believe that I was going through this, going around this mountain again. And I'm begging God, please don't ask me at this age, Lord, to walk this valley again. Just the unknown, uh, the unknown around neurological symptoms is so scary anyway. And um, I just remember the Lord whispered in my heart. I was in my bathroom getting ready to head to the radio station. My arms went numb. My neck went numb. My head went numb. The room started to spin. I was terrified because I thought either this is Lyme or there's something. And neurological sicknesses are scary anyway. But I was just terrified and I'm begging God, not this. And the Lord whispered in my heart, the storms reveal the lies we believe and the truths we need. And I'm like, what, what are the lies that I believe? And I heard it in my ear. I felt like the enemy had me pinned against the wall by the throat because my whole neck was numb too. And it was closing and spasming. And, and I heard it. I can get to you anytime, anywhere. And God will never stop me. And Chris, it's interesting because in my past history, you know, I was I worked in the fitness world for 15 years. I'm a woman of the word and I had chronic health issues. So all these areas of my life, I kind of had to fight for. But in that particular battle, it was the Lord just spoke to my heart in the bathroom and said, I am not going to let you lose, but I have to let you fight. It is not true that he can get to you anytime, anywhere. He is on a short leash but I have to let you fight because we don't outrun lies. We turn around, we face them, and we put them under our feet. And so Fully Alive was sort of born out of that whole idea of inner healing and what happens in our soul happens in ourselves. So for context sake, this book, going from Genesis to Revelation, I just looked for every evidence and opportunity I could find of flourishing, either when they did it right and we can learn from them or when they did it wrong and we can learn from them. And Man, the word of God is so living and powerful. And I, I, as I wrote, I felt like I want the body of Christ to be equipped to stand strong. Again, with no knowledge of what we were heading into in this particular year where we now stand. But I know God's word is true. And I know that we will overcome. Well, I'm so glad you are still standing after all that you've been through. That's just amazing. And 
uh, we can certainly learn so many lessons from what you've been through. And so I'm sure that many people will want to go back and get that book fully alive. But then this year, you, you have this devotional for us to start 2021 with, and you call it a boot camp for the soul. Now, you know, considering what you've been through, I can understand because you are contending and you are at the battle lines and many of our listeners would be as well. So what should readers expect in their faith life when they start this book? Well, I, I just love God's word so much. And one of the things is you can either go, I start from Genesis and I end in Revelation. There's about six devotionals per book of the Bible, give or take, depending on the length of the book in the Bible. But also we have a topic index at the beginning. So if you're just more of a topical reader, you know, you can go to the devotionals on fear or on hope or faith. Uh, but what I've been praying, and I prayed as I wrote, is that it would be a prophetic word in due season, that you'd open up to the right word at the right time. But the reason I call it kind of a boot camp for the soul is, especially in this day, Chris, I'm sure you're seeing this as well. It's not only a post-Christian society, it's almost a post-truth society, where I'm seeing mm-hmm. spinoffs of Chris, quote-unquote Christianity, of picking and choosing what parts of the Bible I want to believe, and kind of manipulating faith to match my life, you know, making it a convenient faith, but the word doesn't really offer that. And I remember a pastor friend of ours giving a message and he said, there's hard parts in scripture that I don't want to read and I don't want to look at. And he said, I used to want to take a razor and cut those out. But he said, as I've gotten to know the love of God and his fatherly care for me, I realize it's the word that's the sword that wants to cut things out of my life for my good and and for God's glory. And I'm just saying, if we can approach God's work with humility and teachability with the understanding that God is greater and kinder and more compassionate and more powerful than we've ever given him credit for, we will know a transformation on the inside out. And um, we will never, ever be transformed from sins we refuse to acknowledge. But when we come humbly and say, Lord, have your way in me, we will be blown away by the power of the Word of God to change our lives. Yes, may it be so. So this is your first year-long devotional. You've written devotionals before. And how has working on this book been different than doing other kinds of devotionals or other kinds of books? Well, I wanted to quit in Leviticus, to be honest with you. <laughs> most people <laughs> <I> do. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you, it's like most of my books are about 55,000 words, and this was, a, I think, 120,000. So even in my brain and in my body, like when I hit that 50,000, I'm like, I'm so tired. But when I would go back and sit down and look again and look again, God just continued to help me persevere. And that that's just my own behind-the-scenes personal journey. But to go from cover to cover in scripture and again to see God the arc of God's love letter to humanity it, what I realized is you know it the, the cycle the narrative repeats itself again and again that that God communicates his love and his call and his standard we we obey him and he puts his hand of power and blessing on us and then he blesses us so much that we make it about us, and then we have air amnesia, and then we wander, and then we're disciplined, and then we come back again. And so one of the things that I'm just so hoping is that we won't forget 
who we are and we won't forget who he is. And I just think, especially as we are walking through such trying times right now, that this would be a really purifying time for the body of Christ, because I think it's been easy up to this point, at least for Christians in the West, to have a convenient faith. But this is now the time for us to be shining, to be walking in the power of the risen Lord. And I think as you immerse yourself in scripture and see how powerful it is, uh, you will, you know, I, I get a vision where everywhere we put our feet, God's kingdom will come to earth, that there would be an increased expectancy in our hearts. As we look at some of these stories of scripture, he's the same God yesterday, today, and forever, that he's going to do what he says he's going to do. And I don't know about you, Chris, but I just feel like expectancy. That's just one thing I think needs to make a comeback. And I think it will, when you start to see God's faithfulness in the past, that he's that same God today. Mm-hmm. Well, I like how you started the book and how you ended the book, but I'm, that's all I'm going to say about those parts. Uh, I think they need to go and read that, <laughs> those particular topics for the be- beginning and end of the year. Now, uh, day two, though, has uh, a very important title for us uh, that we can apply to our lives, and that is Release and Trust. Tell us about day two. Yeah, day two is the story where we explore the relationship between Abraham and Lot. And it's so interesting because Lot, you know, Abraham's nephew, became wealthy under Abraham's leadership. And Abraham clearly was such a humble guy because as they both grew wealthy, their herdsmen started to bicker. And it was Abraham, you know, that just speaks to his character. He's the one who took the initiative and said, hey, let's not let this conflict come between us. You choose where you want to go and I'll go the other way. And Lot, which seems typical of his character a little bit, chose the choicest land, even though he'd be camping among the ungodly. He grabbed for himself. But as soon as Lot went and made his choice, then God speaks to Abraham and says, look, as far as you can see, in every direction, I'm giving you this land, you and your descendants. And even that, there's something about humility of open-handed trust going, I am not going to grab for myself. I'm going to trust God that you give the best to those who leave the choice up to you. In that moment, Abraham built an altar before the Lord. And the point in that particular devotional is this, is that if we'll grab for ourselves in difficult times, we will grab for ourselves when there's more than enough because scarcity and abundance both reveal the condition of our hearts. And I do think this is a temptation in this days to grab for yourself And as someone um, who's battled fear my whole life, for obvious reasons, as you've heard my story, it's one of those things I have had to contend with. And I will tell you, I'm still not a fearless person. I've come very, very far. But one of the things that comes out of fear is self-preservation. And as someone who, I mean, I still daily have symptoms and I daily have to work very hard to be okay so I can do the things that God has called me to do. I walk that fine line between self-care and self-preservation. And, um, and I'm an introvert. So then, you know, introverts are very good at <laughs> self-preserving. <laughs> but, but one of the, one day years ago, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, self-preservation and kingdom life are not compatible. They're just not. And it is just something that I think uh, that is our default response in this day. And if we could really get a hold of that, if we could say, Lord, you, you know, you always have a bigger shovel. There is no outgiving God. I'm going to open my hands. I'm going to so, so generously in every way that I can trust in God will fill my stores again and, and, and provide everything I need. I just think it's a powerful way to live. And again, it's one of the things that as Christians we must do in this day so people can look up and trust God for themselves. Mm-hmm. 
Now, in day 16, you talk about finding fault, finding favor, and that title attracted me. But then as I read through it, uh, another thing attracted me, the difference between an earthbound heart and a heaven-bound heart. How can we get a heaven-bound heart? Well, one of the things that uh, is so important, I think, is uh, to pay so much attention to our level of offendability. And uh, I I really believe that we see that at an all-time high right now. We are highly offendable, highly reactionary. It's kind of a ready-shoot-aim culture. And I think if, if we could step back and pray Psalm 139 and dare to pray it on every single day, Search me, O oh God, know my heart, test me and know my anxious thoughts, point out anything in me that offends you, Lord. And uh, I think that if we start there, uh, that's a powerful place to start. But I also want to just mention in the New Testament, we read about John the Baptist, who was, you know, Jesus said there was not a greater man that lived. And, and John saw the heavens open up on Jesus, you know, over Jesus. And yet when he was in prison, he lost heart. And I, I think that's so important that scripture includes that for us because here's this great man, but he's not where the action is anymore. In so many ways he's quarantined and he lost perspective. So he sends his men over to ask Jesus, are you the Christ? Even though he'd seen what he'd seen and Jesus response was mixed with so much compassion, but also caution. You know, he said, tell John that the lame walk, you know, the blind see, in other words, the things you saw before, Remember, you saw those before. They happened, but they're still happening. Even if you're not where the action is right now, things are still happening. But then he finishes with, blessed are those who are not offended by me. And I feel like there's a real recipe there for us. So not only do we keep our hearts a really sacred place with how we view people who vote differently than us, who think differently, do we have compassion and and concern for their soul, or are we fighting our battles on the earthly plane? Because I want you to hear me when I say this. If you're fighting as Christian, fighting your battles and your political battles back and forth and being ugly with people who think differently, you are actually giving the enemy a strengthened occupation in those places. So for us, we must step back and guard our hearts because it's a sacred place. Out of it flows the issues of life. But secondly, I think we need to remember the things we've seen God do. If you're in quarantine or feeling away from where the action is, recount and remember the things God has done because he's done great things, but then trust and believe that he's doing great things because he's still moving on the earth today. And then be careful with your heart. Blessed are those who are not offended. And if I can just be honest with this relapse, um, it was hard. I mean, and I, I, there are days even now where I'll go stretch where I just, I wake up and everything's inflamed in my body and I've done everything right with all the stuff that I need to do. And I remember one day, Lord spoke to my heart, and it's something I've taught on for years, but it was my own message back in my face when I've talked to people and said, you must know the difference between surrendering to your circumstances and surrendering to God in your circumstances. To surrender to your circumstances is to do what the Israelites did, and it's recorded in Psalm where it says they didn't, they refused to believe God's promise to love and care for them. So they stayed in their tents and grumbled and refused to obey the Lord. So they refused to believe there was a promise over their lives. So they crawled into the smallness of their situation and refused to believe him, even though he said, I have a promised land for you. That's surrendering to your circumstances, to surrender to God in your circumstances to say, I'm not made for this place. I am passing through. I'm keeping my eye on the prize and I'm believing that he's a breakthrough God in any day now. 
I'm going to see him break through. And one of the things that God really confronted me on not too long ago was, Susie, you've not at all, you're a fighter. You've not surrendered to your circumstances, but you've not surrendered to me in these circumstances. I was getting more and more hurt that I've been battling this thing for so long. And I had a subtle offense that had accumulated in my heart. I didn't even realize it. But when he confronted me about that, I thought that's just true, that I I was just feeling like it was all on me and it isn't all on me. I'm still standing and it's because of him. And I had to get on my knees and say, you're so right. I, I don't like this. I want to be healed. I'm contending. I'm fasting. I'm doing all the things everybody tells you you should do. But mine has been a journey. But you are still God. And I trust you. Have your way in me. And peace just came back to my soul. So that's sort of a long-winded answer to say, I think a heaven-bound mindset always does go back to your heart and your perspective. What are you saying about God here? What are you saying about yourself here? What are you saying about your circumstances here? Because they all reflect what you believe about God in this place. Well, I'm sure sometimes you feel like you've got that thorn in the flesh that the Apostle Paul had. It's just yeah. continuous. <laughs> yeah, I do. Yeah, and it's tricky because I, you know, my son uh, was a recipient of a medical miracle. He was miraculously healed from a serious back injury. There's no explanation except God did it. And I know he does that, and I've seen plenty of those. But I will say, I, I think that some of us, you know, I remember one day the Lord years ago said, I could heal you today, but you'd lose it tomorrow. I'm like, what? Why? And he said, because you think like a sick person. You don't have the infrastructure to sustain healing. This is like 20 years ago. And it's true. I'll, I'll, I would think about my symptoms. And when new symptoms would come, I'd think about those. And so I've spent the last 20 years thinking like a healthy person. And I look very healthy. And I've got a lot going on that's right about my health. But I say all of that to say I needed the journey because I had a lot of fears and anxieties tangled up in this wretched thing that I've battled. And as I, and Fully Alive really came out of that. And I've heard from so many people that, you know, they are on the mat and they've been on the mat for 38 years. And Jesus says, do you want to get well? And their first answers are, I can't, because they've still identified with their struggle more so than they have with the promises. So I don't think it's any less of a miracle if you walk out your healing process. Um, but I do think some of us, uh, that's the journey he's called us to. Yes. Well, I know that uh, different parts of your book talk a lot about the Holy Spirit. And here at Charisma Media, we're we're into the Holy Spirit. Let's just say it like mm -hmm. that. Um, <laughs> and uh, one of the chapters, uh, day 199, says your sons and daughters will prophesy. Tell us about some of the things that we're seeing now. Like, for instance, you mentioned Muslims coming to Christ after seeing visions of Jesus. That's very exciting. In record numbers, Muslims are coming to faith, and I, I wish I knew the exact number, but something like in the last 10 years, more Muslims have come to faith in Christ than in all of history. And over and over again, they are seeing, they've got vivid, vivid dreams of Jesus, though they've never met him before. And, and then like the next day, there will be some missionary on the road that will lead them to Christ. And if you want to read some good books on that, read Tom Doyle's Standing in the Fire. Because, you know, you think about, oh, my goodness, these Muslims, when they meet Jesus and they have the chance to trust him, it's very likely that when they come out of the waters of baptism, they'll be beheaded, they'll be ousted from their family. There's so much at stake for them to say yes to Jesus. So the kind of courage it would take 
to say yes to Jesus in that context, I just don't think we can fathom. But they're happening in record numbers, and we should be incredibly excited about that. And that's something I've been praying, Chris, for our nation, because there has been an apathy. There has been a sleeping church. And and I'm really believing. I've asked God, if since you're doing this for Muslims, do you do this for lost souls in our nation? I'm, I'm praying, Lord God, that you would show up in vivid dreams and show people this is who I am. Follow me on my terms, and you will see the kingdom come. And uh, But more and more, we are hearing incredible stories of people getting prophetic, vivid dreams. And, and Kevin and I, to be honest with you, my husband and I, uh, because insomnia is something that comes with Lyme disease, it's just terrible. And I've been going after that thing because for this last relapse, they said, you won't heal unless you start to sleep. So about five years ago, I started to just go after my sleep. And just reclaiming it. And I said, not only do I want to start sleeping in a way that my body can heal, I want dreams. Because you said you grant sleep to those you love. Even at night, my heart instructs me. And God has given us some vivid dreams that we've written down that have been prophetic for us and been great direction for us in ministry. So it's like, you know, I know people have varying opinions about that. But I'm telling you, if God says it, I'm just going to ask for it and let him do what he does. But I'm just praying for a massive outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's our only hope, I would say, for this nation. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, as we close, I wonder if there's a passage of Scripture that has come most alive for you in these days of 2020. Absolutely. You know, I've been kind of pondering and hanging around Hebrews 12, and I'm just going to read certain portions if it's okay. Um, Sure. Yeah, this first part says, work at living at peace with everyone. Work at living a holy life for those who are not holy will not see the Lord. Look after each other so none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. So that piece right there to me, again, you know, I don't know from your vantage point of what you're seeing, but I'm seeing almost what I would call a political idolatry that's kind of um, scary to me because it's like you just look at the fruit of something you know. If you feel like I have every right to be ugly and rude to somebody else, even as a, a Christ follower, there's something wrong with that. Then I jump ahead in the, in the passage, and it says, you have come to Mount Zion the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. So when you come to God, you've not come to the physical mountain of flaming fire and darkness and gloom. You've come to Mount Zion. Listen to this as a Christ follower. When you come to the Lord, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to countless thousands of angels in joyful gathering, you've come to the assembly of God's firstborn children whose names are written in heaven. You've come to God himself, who's the judge of all things. You've come to the spirit of the righteous ones who've been now made perfect. You've come to Jesus himself, the one who mediates the new covenant between God and people. And then it says, be careful that you do not refuse to listen to the one who's speaking. For if the people of Israel did not escape when they refused to listen to Moses, the earthly messenger, we will not escape if we reject the one who speaks to us from heaven. When God spoke from Mount Sinai, his voice shook the earth. But now he makes another promise once again. I'll shake not only the earth, but the heavens also. This means that all of creation will be shaken and removed so that only the unshakable things will remain. Since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, listen to this, let's be thankful and please God by worshiping him with holy fear and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. I want to see the fear of God come back to the body of Christ. So I open with that first part of Hebrews 12 because 
of what I'm seeing in the body of Christ that's so troubling to me. But the nearer you get to the flame, the fire, it consumes your fears, it consumes your foes, but it also consumes things in your character that need to go so that you can burn for Christ. And I just think that is when we are going to see revival fires spread throughout the world to the lost and the needy and the hurting and the broken, but it has to start with us. And to me, that means uh, humble yourself under the hand of Almighty God. That's where I've been hanging around these days. Mm-hmm. And many people are praying for revivals, so that's a good word. We want to burn out all the impurities in our own lives first yes. so that we're prepared Amen. for what God wants to do in this time. So, Susie, we thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your personal story as well as the Word, and we want to point people back to your devotional, which is called Prevail, 365 Days of Enduring Strength from God's Word. And where can they get that? Just about anywhere, right? Correct. You know, it is on back order. It sold out the day that it released. Oh, awesome. And the new, uh, <laughs> order, I know, I'm so grateful. And the new uh, orders uh, do any time here, but Amazon still has copies, so that might be your safest bet. Okay. It would make a great Christmas gift, I think. So SusieLarson.com is where they can learn more about you and your shows and your speaking and whatever you're up to at the moment. So thank you so much for being with us, Susie, on Charisma Connection today. What an honor to meet you, Chris. Thanks for having me. You too. I'm Chris Johnson. You've been listening to Charisma Connection on the Charisma Podcast Network. And if you haven't taken a look at our Charisma Podcast Network website, you'll want to do that because there's all kind of podcasts on there to help you with your own spiritual growth. Just go to cpnshows.com. That's cpnshows.com. That stands for Charisma Podcast Network. All kinds of new shows developing on there as well as Green Lines and Strang Report. So thank you for listening today here on Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joy Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.